Well, how would your spouse respond if you came home and said, honey, I just got fired? Hey, we're going to talk about that, a real life example and more. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, we're going to be taking care of business. Hey, the times, they are a-changing. Golly, we could pull up the old song. At times, they are changing. We know that's true. Like always, things are changing. And you know what? Progress, by definition, requires change. If things stay the same, we cannot experience progress. So the unexpected, unwelcome changes we're going through right now can, again, lead to progress. They can open the door to things that we may not have experienced, may not have discovered Otherwise, so we're going to go right into the kind of questions that we always have here and look for opportunities to take advantage of change and move forward. So, Dan, how can I start my day with confidence rather than doom and gloom? Why is it that some people dream and their lives never change while others dream and walk into new successes every day? What should I be doing while I'm unemployed? Dan, I'm 60 years old. I've been on social security disability. What can I do now? And then how can I break out of a paycheck mentality and do something on my own? Well, we've got lots to cover today. Here's our quotation for today. It comes from Epictetus, who's one of the Stoic writers. He was paraphrasing Socrates when he said, one person likes tending to his farm, another to his horse, I like to daily monitor my self-improvement. That's a really important concept that we're going to hang on to right now. There is nothing that can stop you from your own self-improvement. It's not dependent on circumstances, situation, things that are happening around you, politically, economically, whatever. No, you can address your personal improvement. Our resource, we got a really unusual resource today, and I'm going to talk about this as we work through some of these questions, but we've decided that we're going to open up membership in the 40 Days Eagles community to people who need it most right now. Now, you know who you are, but we have been inundated with people wanting new solutions. Now, for years... I've been working in things that have been non-traditional, creative, entrepreneurial, so I'm really not very immune, not very vulnerable to, you know, I'm not going to show up and have a boss say, gee, you don't have a job anymore. I mean, it, it doesn't happen because I don't have a boss. I'm doing things that are not dependent on just traditional work models. And a lot of you are interested, obviously, in that right now. What do you do if a restaurant shuts down and you've been working there? What do you do if a government agency shuts down and you're used to that kind of a traditional paycheck every Friday? We're going to talk about that, but we're also going to offer the best resource that I certainly have available, and that is engagement in the 40 Days Eagles community. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to offer a 60-day membership for $1. 60-day full membership. Now, what that means is, you're going to immediately be given access to all the resources we've got in there. We've got a lot of, we've got courses, books, 
resources in there. One of the things I'm going to talk about here today is the 48 low or no cost business ideas. You'll get immediate access to that in its entirety. You'll also get sent from me physical copy of 48 days to the work you love with a personal note of encouragement from me. So again, it's going to be, I mean, this is something we just wanted to respond to the current situation and open this up. Now we can't do this for everybody. If you think that you're just going to wait this out and then you're just going to go back to your traditional job, then please don't take a spot. We, we want to open this up to 300 people, 300 people. And we want to make sure that it's people who really are looking for new options. If you're looking for new options, so as not to be so vulnerable to changes may happen in the workplace. Yeah, this is a place for you. If you've got an idea that you want to develop, you're going to be immersed in a group with other people who are doing the same kind of thing. Novel ideas. We've got inventions. We've got creators. We've got people who are doing service businesses, people that are starting their own companies. But we also have speakers, writers, authors, coaches, people like that. This is a place for people who are doing things that are unusual, creative, and they're creating their own future. I mean, the byline that we've got at 48 days is the best way to predict your future is to create it. So these are people who are creating their future. So again, if if you want to join us, 60 days, $1, no obligation beyond that at all. We aren't going to trick you into something, nothing at all. It's just, that's what it is. It's 60 days, $1. You can decide at the end of that period what you want to do, if you want to stay engaged or not. And it's perfectly fine either way. And again, you'll get access to resources, including a book from me, 48 Days to the Work You Love, access to all the things that the members in there have. So to do that, you go to 48days.com slash hope. 48days.com slash hope. We just created that that domain, that just that landing page where you can go and get instantly engaged there. Now we've got groups that are starting, small groups led by competent volunteers in the 48 Days Eagles community starting April 1st. And these are groups that have titles like writing for message and money, being a small group of 15 people led by a competent, again, Eagle, who already has experience in that arena, writing, speaking with confidence, your business as your ministry. I mean, Giovanna Ellison, pastor's wife, will be leading that. You know, how to do that. Musicians and artists, DJ Eshelman, going to be leading that. 12-week year, Teresa McCoy is going to be leading that. Doing business online, Ryan Rieger's doing that. And getting started with the website, you know, Rob Orr is going to be stepping up the plate on that. Who you are and why are you here? Understanding your personality. My daughter, Ashley, is leading that. 15-hour business building, Marianne Renner's going to be leading that. Podcasting, I'm leading that. I, I claimed ownership of that group. I'm going to be working with, again, a small group of people. And then, then we got one just for if you're getting started with the Eagles, how to navigate, take advantage of the resources there. Sheila is going to be leading that. So we've got those groups. Those are all starting, again, April 1st. Again, simple process, nothing complicated about this, but... Again, don't take a seat here. Don't take a membership slot if you're just going to slide through or if you're blaming and complaining and looking for a free ride. No, if you're willing to do the work yourself but just need some guidance, then the Eagles community is a place for you. Go to 48days.com slash hope. All right, let's jump into some good news and then into some of these questions and the resources that we've got to guide you through this process. 
Well, here's a good news piece. I love this. Car dealer jumpstarts compassion after offering his parking lot to help the homeless. Now, this is a North Carolina business owner opening up his heart to the homeless by opening up his parking lot to people who may be living out of their cars. James Charles is manager of Kipling's Automotive Group in Charlotte, North Carolina. For about two months now, he's been encouraging people sleeping in their cars to use his company parking lot as a safe place to sleep at night. Now, he was first inspired to pursue his labor of love after his repossession team tried to take back a woman's car in January, just a couple months ago. The gentleman who was repossessing the car said, we can't take that car. Her family's living in the car. When he tried to get the woman into a homeless shelter, he was shocked to find that every shelter in the city was full. Although he paid for her to stay in a hotel for a few nights, he knew that there were other people suffering from the same dilemma. And he just decided, you know what? He's going to give them a safe place to park their cars. Now, he's not opening up his cars. At first, I thought, golly, is he opening up his cars that he's got for sale for people to live in them? No. But people who are already in their cars just gives them a safe place to stay. You know, I remember years ago when I was selling used cars in Anaheim, California. I wish I, would, I, wish I had a thought of this idea. Just a generous, compassionate idea. to have. A, we had a big lot and always had lots of area there. We had RV storage in the back, but we had cars up front, but we always had plenty of extra room to just allow people to park there and be safe for the night, have security lights on. Just a pretty cool idea. I love that. And he's now started, this car guy's now started a GoFundMe project. People are donating money, so they're doing other creative things to really help people who are homeless. All right, well, let me go. I'm going to go right into some of the issues that we want to deal with, address today. I recently had somebody ask me, what healthy habits, physical, mental, or spiritual, do you attribute to your success as a leader? Well, it's easy for me to answer. And I give you this as just as a tip for your own, for your own use, however you feel that it can help you. There is nothing that has contributed more to my success than my reverence for the first 90 minutes of every day. Now, what I do in that time sets the stage for the day that I have. I'm normally in bed by 9.30, and I'm usually awake by about 5.30. So, you know, I, I like eight hours of sleep. I haven't used an alarm clock in years and years, and I simply wake up when I'm fully rested. When I get out of bed, I drop to the floor, do yoga stretches for about five minutes. Then the next 10 minutes, I walk through my house, starting down at the end of the hallway, looking out the windows for the first signs of the sunrise, early morning rabbits, deer, squirrels, and birds that make their home on our property. And I express gratitude aloud. I speak aloud. Gratitude for the life that I have. My goodness, for my health, for the house that we have, you know, for the friends that we have, for the relationships that we have. I mean, it's easy to go on and on and on for my ability to write books, to do the work that I love, to have an office like I do. Just go on and on. But that's what I do. Just express gratitude aloud for the life that I have. Then I spend 20 minutes, quiet meditation, contemplative prayer. I've got a favorite chair in our living room that looks out over our front yard where I see all the animals coming up in the morning, stretching their legs for the day. It just... I love that time of day, but that's where I spend 20 minutes, just meditation, contemplative prayer. Then I hit the treadmill for a minimum of 48 minutes. 
where I listen to positive, inspirational podcast audiobooks. So I'm usually on there for 48 to 60 minutes. It's kind of the range depending on what I'm listening to when it ends. Then I have a leisurely shave and shower, and I'm ready to go. Meet with Joanne. She's usually up by then. We have a cup of tea together. But then my mind, body, and spirit are prepared for whatever the day can bring. Nothing is more important than those first 90 minutes. Now, this is really critical, what I want to tell you here. Really critical. It may seem like I glossed over it, but I didn't. In that period of time, I do not check text, email, phone, Facebook, TV, news of any kind. I don't want that. Those can come later in the day, but it's not the way that I want to start my day with that spirit of reverence and awe. I don't want to do that. That's not what I want in my brain. No matter how pressing things may seem, how catastrophic things may seem, no, I'm going to protect that first 90 hours of the day. And today is no, no exception to that at all. That's exactly what I did. I can check those things later, but that's not the input that I want. So you can win the morning. And if you win the morning, you can win the day. What that does, it sets me up to be able to handle anything that can come my way the rest of the day. That's the old, uh, golly, the old military thing. You know, I do more before nine o'clock than most people do all day. Well, I don't do more perhaps, but I do the most important thing in my day early in the morning. Absolutely. And I want to encourage you to include three things in your morning routine. Movement, start moving, get yourself moving. I mean, I do some stretches, it protects my lower back. You know, it really gets my blood flowing, gets me thinking clearly, creatively. So movement, meditation, and mastery. Focus on something you've been meaning to get around to that you're passionate about. I mean, if you've been wanting to learn a foreign language or want to know how to play the piano, you know, spend some time doing that in the morning. Start the day with those things, that training, fresh in your mind. When you make time to master something, you break the monotony of the sameness. You're going to break the cycle of what happened the day before. You're moving towards something new. And that's really, really important. Now, we talk a lot about hope right now. And we know, you know, the Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And boy, is that true. I mean, as things are changing right now, I'm hearing from lots of people who are talking about their hopes and dreams for the other side of this current situation. And yet some of those same people are going to see 2020 come and go with no noticeable change in their lives. So why is it that some people dream and their lives never change while others dream and then walk into new successes every day? I mean, just this week, we had somebody in the 48 Days Eagles community comment about how liberating it was to live a creative entrepreneurial life. And then he added, admittedly, I speak not from experience, but anticipation. Now, I like both his honesty and his anticipation, but how do we move from anticipation to real experience? Let's just kind of walk through the process. I mean, there are really seven steps to moving from what you're dreaming about, what you're imagining, how you think your life could be better, and from really experiencing that. Number one is the imagination. Let your mind go there. I mean, get around a three or four-year-old child, you'll get a fresh reminder of what rich, vibrant imagination is all about. 
mean, they'll jump on a rock and imagine it's a, a spaceship, you know, or that they're you know, confronting Robin Hood in the woods. You know, imagination. So start with that. Number one, imagination. Number two, dreaming. Nothing wrong with that at all. And this is not just about night dreams that you think are caused by eating too much pizza. No, these are the kind of dreams that you consciously direct during the day that you nurture, that you allow, that you build on. Dreaming. Number three is anticipation. So that's kind of the getting ready part. Number four is goal setting, creating a timeline. Yes, I do want to learn a new language and I'm going to do that by June 15th of this year where I'll be conversational in Spanish or Italian or French or whatever you want it to be. Number five is creating a plan of action. Number six is act. And number seven, you walk right into a changed life. Dreams realized. So it should be easy to find where you are in this sequence. If you're not walking into a changed life that you want, if you're not walking into the realization of the dreams that you had three years ago, then ask yourself where you're stuck. Imagination, dreaming, anticipation, goal setting, plan of action, act, changed life. You ought to be able to go right where you're stuck and then move on to the next one. You know, success is never an accident. And as I tell people, it typically starts as imagination becomes a dream, stimulates a goal, grows into a plan of action, which then inevitably meets with opportunity. I don't get stuck along the way. Now, anticipation can be exhilarating, but if anticipation doesn't lead to a change to life, it'll turn to bitterness and anger. If you get stuck, wow. If you get stuck, that dreaming, that anticipation, and I, I hear from people who say they don't want to dream. They don't want to imagine because they don't want to experience the heartache of not having that actually take place. You know, there's a sequence that I've mentioned multiple times on here that um, Galliot was a, a mom anticipating what her daughter was going through, actually seeing what her daughter was going through. This was from a movie titled Morning Glory back in 2010, where the lead gal had the dream of being a TV anchor. And her mom framed her dream like this. She said, your dream was adorable at age eight. It was inspiring when you were 18. It was embarrassing when you were 28. And it's heartbreaking now that you're 38. Isn't that a tough kind of sequence? Yeah, if you don't realize, you don't move toward what it is that you were anticipating, that you were dreaming about, then it can be embarrassing and a heartache. But if you take those actions, you ought to be able to walk right into whatever it is that you were wanting to accomplish. Well, hey, let me just crank this up here. Kind of a reminder, we're going to go through some real-life questions here. Today, I'm going to go through some training tips more really than questions, although we got lots of questions that certainly are expressing you know, discouragement. But I wanted to give the kind of hope that we want to hang on to right now by walking through some of these steps, how to start your day, how to move from dreaming into the realization of what you're doing. But keep those questions coming in. I'm honored to get those. Just shoot those in to askdan at 48days.com. Again, you can. Uh, that's the easiest way to get them in. You can do vocally if you want to. We'll play an audio clip here in a second. But uh, the easiest way is just get those in. 
send them in to askdan at 48days.com. So let's talk about the opportunity for creating the change you want in your life and your circumstances. So I am going to play here an audio clip from a listener who has this question. Pretty self-explanatory. Check this out. I'm 60 years old. I've recently been on Social Security Disability. And my wife is now going to go off work for surgery. So I need to get back into the plan and working again. Uh, What kinds of things should I be doing? And how can I use my age to be an asset and not a detriment? Thank you, Dan. All right. Well, thank you, Tim, for your, your question there, for sharing. Wow, tough situation. But again, not unmanageable. There are opportunities all around us. I want to just share some resources with you here. One of those is LinkedIn Learning. Now, more and more companies are turning to this to get their employees up to speed so they really do have marketable skills. And Tim, in answer to your question, you have to identify what is it that you have as marketable skills? What is it that you have that would be valuable to a company or that you could turn into something you could do on your own? An opportunity where... In 60 years old, I mean, if you do something on your own, it doesn't matter if you're 18 or 88, just do it. The world doesn't care how old you are. They care about, are you doing something that has value? Now, if you're going to go get a traditional job, does that age weigh in as a factor? Yeah, it does. There's no denying that. But there are also companies that are looking for people who have proven work value, proven reliability. So again, the key is, what is it that you have that has marketable value? What is it that you do that perhaps nobody else can do as well as you? Well, again, LinkedIn Learning is a source. And I want to share with you some of the things that they have there. This is fairly new, some of the things that they're developing. They've got massive number of courses and classes you can take there. And more and more companies are deciding that's the place they want their employees to go. Maybe not go back for an MBA for something that's going to take three or four years, but no, go back and, you know, spend a week or spend three hours on a course. More and more learning development pros, really at 78 of the Fortune 100 companies choose LinkedIn learning. Now, here's the thing that really blows me away. They're adding over 60 new courses every week. They realize how important this is. Now, these are things like, you know, I'm looking at courses here, cultivating a growth mindset, developing your emotional intelligence, recharge your energy, um, foundational uh, principles for becoming an effective CMO, finding your time management style, content marketing, building professional relationships, the art of connection, relationships, building skills, on and on and on. Hey, check them out. You can do a free demo. Go to linkedinlearning.com slash days. That's our link. That's our connection. You'll go there and see things that are suggested for you. But ask for a quick demo. Again, go to linkedinlearning.com slash days. Now, I want to go on, though, in response to Tim's question about what can you do as a 60-year-old. I want to go on with some things that can be ideas for you, Tim, and for a whole lot of others of you listening. In 1934, Charles Darrow of Germantown, Pennsylvania, was unemployed. 
To amuse himself and pass the time, he created a board game that provided the possibility of fame and fortune. I mean, think about how discouraging it can be to have nothing, and then you create a game. Well, at least we can imagine, you know, being rich and famous. So he originally presented this game idea to the executives at Parker Brothers, but they rejected the game due to what they said were 52 design errors. But Mr. Darrell wasn't daunted. Like many other Americans who have been unemployed, his situation and his personal passion for the game inspired him to produce it on his own. I mean, how many stories have I heard from people who had ideas, they took to major companies and the company said no, or somebody wanted to publish a book and no publisher was interested, and they went ahead and did it on their own and unlocked just amazing success. Well, with the help from a friend who was a printer, Mr. Darrow sold 5,000 handmade sets of the game to a Philadelphia department store. People seemed to love it, but as demand grew, he couldn't keep up with all the orders, came back and talked to Parker Brothers again. And at that point, the rest, as they say, is history. Well, that game is called Monopoly. And today, it's the best-selling board game in the world, sold in 111 countries, produced in 43 languages. In its first year, which was 1935, the Monopoly game was the best-selling game in America. Over its 77-year history, well, more than that now, an estimated 1 billion people have played. Over 275 million games have been sold worldwide. More than 6 billion little greenhouses and 2 billion red hotels have been built since 1935. The most expensive version of the game was produced by celebrated San Francisco jeweler, Sidney Bobel. Valued at $2 million, the set features a 23-carat gold board and diamond-studded dice. Back in 1978, the Neiman Marcus Christmas catalog offered a chocolate version of the game priced at $600. Well, the longest game in history lasted 70 days, and of course, you can now play Monopoly on your iPhone. So my question is, what are you doing if you're unemployed? What are you doing in that lull in your regular schedule? Is it really just a stop? Are you just treading water? Are you just waiting? Or is it an opportunity to uncover something? Maybe it was a dream that you had when you were 18 years old. Maybe it was an idea you had for an invention last year. Maybe it was writing that book. I mean, what is it that you're doing in this period of time? Well, we're seeing a lot of things out there in social media right now. Uh, one of the most popular being a, a tweet that started, I think, by Roseanne Cash. But so just a reminder, when Shakespeare was quarantined because of the plague, he wrote King Lear. I get kind of a humorous connection with what's going on right now. But yeah, he was quarantined because of the plague, and he wrote this phenomenal play that, of course, has been played over and over and over again many, many times throughout history. Now, I started off today saying, you know, what would your spouse say if you came home and said, honey, I got fired? Well, this is a real example. Nathaniel Hawthorne went home to tell his wife that he had just been fired from his job. Good, she said. Now you can write your book. Well, he says, what are we going to live on meanwhile? His wife opened a drawer filled with money. I've always known that you were a man of genius, she said. So I saved a little each week, and now I have enough to last us for a year. Hawthorne used that time, Nathaniel Hawthorne, used that time to write The Scarlet Letter, one of the great masterpieces of American literature. 
I, I would wish for each of you that you have a spouse that's that supportive, who believes in you. I mean, I do. I mean, I've been blessed with that. I know that it's contributed greatly to any success that I've been able to experience is how Joanne responds to the ups and downs out there. I mean, right now, what am I doing right now? Yeah, I've had some speaking engagements canceled. I was scheduled to speak at a couple of universities. Those things have been put on hold. Now they'll come back around, but they've been put on hold. So there has been a change in my schedule. How am I using that? Well, you know, my, my week is set up so that I reserve the end of the week. Well, let me, let me just tell you how my week is set up. I know this is not possible for everybody, but it's how I design the use of my time. On Mondays, I have all business meetings. So meeting with my team, that's what I do. In the afternoons, I do forwards and endorsements for other books. Get a lot of requests for that, so I carve out time to do that. Tuesdays are all my coaching calls and all my online calls with communities, mastermind and all that. Those all happen on Tuesdays, so a lot of interaction with people. Wednesdays, Wednesday morning, I do the podcast as I'm doing right now. Wednesday afternoons, I'm open for interviews. So I always have interviews scheduled on in the afternoon. Thursday and Friday are reserved for deep work. Term comes from Cal Newport's book by the same name, Deep Work, but that's what I designed for those days. That means those days I get to work on major projects courses that we're developing, seminars that we're going to do, speeches that I'm going to give, manuscripts that I'm working on. And guess what happens right now? When I have more time unexpectedly because of cancellations, it allows me to put more time into that deep work. Am I confident that we're going to come out the other side of this, you know, fully whole and ready to go? Well, sure. You know, are people, I mean, what's happening right now? I mean, people are saying, what can I do that, makes me less dependent on traditional work. Well, everything that I've developed over the last 25 years is right in that sweet spot. In the brand new version of 48 Days to the Work You Love, I have sections in there on digital nomads, meaning people who work from anywhere. They work from on the road. I mean, how to use 15 hours a week to develop a profitable side business. Well, it looks like I was anticipating the things that are happening right now. Certainly I was not, but I wrote those because part of what I do and they fit right now. So I'm continuing to increase right now the writing research and reading that I'm doing to help develop the ideas that I've been working on for many, many years. Now, one of the things that we're getting asked about a lot right now is these, the, the, the way to start an idea, the way to take an idea and turn it into something reasonable. I want to just share with you, and we're just going to wrap up with this today. I want to share with you just some of the ideas that are out of my book, 48 Low or No Cost Business Ideas. I allude to this sometimes. Lots of you already have it. And of course, again, it's one of the resources that we have inside the 48 Eagles community that's free to everybody there. But here's some of the things that, that I've got in there. I start off, the first one in there is I, I titled Hall and Amish. Now, this is something my dad, who is in his uh, main, main part of his life, he was a, both a farmer and a pastor of a little tiny Mennonite church, but he'd been raised Amish. So he could speak Pennsylvania Dutch. And when he retired, he got a van and he would drive the Amish. You know, although they don't drive, they still go to weddings, funerals, have to go to you know, the hospital, um, those kind of things. So he would drive them and he was getting $2 a mile. This was years ago, 
$2 a mile driving them. So he'd have a day. And if he drove, you know, 400 miles, $2, that's $800. Had a great time talking to the people, love the people they had an opportunity to engage with and uh, just a, a viable idea, not complicated at all, not sophisticated, but just a simple idea based on skills that he had they could bring to the table to address a need that was obvious in the community. Well, another one I've got is caricature artist. And I talk about uh, Tracy Lantham, who lives here locally in, in Tennessee and in Nashville. And uh, he did a caricature of Joanne and me a few years ago when we were at an event. He was hired to come in and he's hired at $100 an hour with a four hour minimum to come in and do caricatures then for guests at a party or whatever it happens to be. This was a corporate event. But people are doing that right now. Uh, somebody in the um, Eagles community, Josh, is reaching out to get podcast interviews. And I love what he's doing. He's doing caricatures of the host where he sends it to him. Well, wow, I get a lot of requests, you know, for people who want to be guests on the podcast. But I've never gotten somebody who submitted a caricature of me. Would that get my attention? Would that stand out? Is that a unique kind of opportunity, a unique offering? Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. Well, let me go on with some ideas. Tree carving. Many of you have heard me talk about Aristotle, the name we gave to the eagle that's carved out of a standing cedar tree just outside my office here. Well, the gal who came by, well, she didn't come by. I asked her to come by and do that. She's used to doing wood sculptures. I had seen some of her work. She had never done a standing tree before, but I asked her to come out here. Her name is Terry Brasher. And I said, hey, Terry, come out here. I want to show you this. She came out. I showed her that. We walked around it. And she says, I had said, Terry, I think there's an eagle trying to get out of that tree. It had died. It didn't come back, but it was still standing there, 65 feet tall. Well, she finally agreed. She said, I think you're right. So I had it topped at about 14 feet off the ground. She came out, set up scaffolding, and started and released this beautiful, beautiful eagle out of that standing tree. Now, that's not something I could do, but it may be something similar to what some of you could do. I mean, it's not something you're going to see as a, an option given to you out of the Dictionary of Occupational Titles or suggested by a career coach. But if you have that skill, you can turn it into something profitable. I paid Terry um, $1,000 to do that. And we referred her, a whole lot of other people in the community here that really launched her and positioned her as a real highly paid expert in that particular arena. Well, I've got in here sidewalk paving. I mean, the young kid who came out and did a sidewalk for me, I asked him to come out because he was experienced in construction. And I knew he had access to these this particular process where he could make concrete look like it was laid stone. Well, that's what we have as our sidewalk and just a unique skill. And he went on to do that. His first year generated over $100,000 because of that one application where he had been just a general guy in construction and kind of bored with that. I said, man, find one thing that you do really well. And that's exactly what he did. And again, we referred to a lot of people to him. He's gone on to be very successful in that. Well, one of the things I have in here is what Jim Hodges did. Uh, Jim in retiring from the military was having one of those conversations with his wife. And she said, well, you know, if money were no object, what would you do? Jim, in his previous life, had been an educator. He was a teacher and thought that he'd probably go back into teaching again. But he kind of dreaded going back into the classroom because the classrooms had changed. And so he said to his wife, well, if money were no object, I'd sit around the house all day and read old history books. 
Well, guess what he does? He essentially sits around the house all day and reads old history books. Now in doing so, he put together a plan of action. You always hear me talk about that. It's not just to do something frivolous, you know, grow dandelions because you enjoy it. No, if you're going to do that, what's a plan? So Jim, in reading old history books, created audio books, audio training courses for homeschoolers. Now he's reading books that are in what are called the public domain. So there's no licensing, copyright issues, public domain. Go back a ways, you can find those. Anything before 1923 is in the public domain. So he reads those books, creates this exciting, vibrant content where he brings this historical stories to life and then sells those products. And again, very quickly moved into an income that most teachers would dream of. I mean, he shares with me his income figures. And again, he's well over six figures and goes around to eight or 10 different homeschooling conferences with his wife with him. They enjoy the travel. And he created that little business out of that one one idea. Now, I've got in here flipping cars. I mean, that's something that I've loved doing over the years is just buying cars. I can buy cars easily at repo auctions here in Nashville. They're plentiful. Just check them out. Make sure they're okay mechanically. Set them in my front yard. You know, flip those cars. Make $1,000 each car. Easy to do just by the different location. Taking it out of that environment and and marketing it in a different way. Well, I won't go on with others Others there. I've got in here a massage therapist. When we realize that something has happened, a particular phenomenon has happened, there's always opportunities that are just connected, that are a little sidelined. So we know that these days, most people work sitting at a computer all day. Now, a few years ago, we would have never anticipated that. People working in the fields and on railroad and building things, very physically involved. Well, no, today most of us just sit our, our fannies in a chair all day and look at a computer screen. Well, what happens to our backs, our shoulders, you know, our muscles? We know what happens. I mean, I get tense just thinking about it, just talking about it. Well, that means that in the last 10 years, the number of massage therapists has quadrupled four times as many because they're just addressing a particular need that people have. Piano tuner. This is one. And we've had several people who took the idea right out of this book, 48 Lower No Cost Business Ideas, and they've done that. Became trained as piano tuners. Golly, I had no idea the market is as big as it is. There's a whole lot of pianos out there, and it's not something that is real common. You don't have a lot of competition as a piano tuner. But um, again, a young man who did this recently was telling me about his success that he could easily schedule two or three of those a day and at about $100 each, just schedule those to do piano tuning. He enjoys it, enjoyed the interaction with people. Um, let me just grab a couple others here. And we are, well, language translator. A gal named Lisa stopped me after I'd done a seminar presentation and she had a $10 an hour job, but she felt trapped because she didn't have a college degree. So I had a, I don't know, a three minute conversation with her asking her what unique skills she had. She mentioned that she'd been born in Mexico, but moved to the U S as a little girl. Her English was impeccable. However, she was completely fluent in Spanish as well. Well, I suggested she position herself as a translator and described how she could do that. So about a month later, I ran into Lisa again. She showed me her business card. On one side, it said Lisa Chambers, translator. And the other side, it said Lisa Chambers, transducer, whatever it is, however it's pronounced in Spanish. She told me she had contacted about six legal firms and about that many medical clinics offering to translate in the courtroom or the hospital. 
she related a couple of assignments she had just completed. Where the, and one was a small child had been brought to Nashville from Bolivia for a complicated eye procedure. Lisa spent three days with the family in the hospital, translating the doctor's information into their native language at $50 an hour. She said those initial contacts were keeping her booked approximately 20 hours a week. Well, 20 hours a week. And she said that's as much as she wanted to do. 20 hours a week, $50. That's a thousand bucks a week that she was doing. Well, Golly, the ideas, I mean, I could, I love going through these things. There's so many opportunities in here, so many ideas. We keep adding to those ideas. As a matter of fact, my, my daughter Ashley and I are working on a, a book right now. We're going to pull together on teaching children to be entrepreneurs, teaching children to be entrepreneurs. The ideas that they come up with, I got a bunch of grandkids and the ideas that they come up with continue to astound me, the creativity, and we're keeping track of those and going to just pass those on. I mean, simple things like showing up at a street fair and doing face painting and making $450 in an afternoon. I mean, I got real examples about my grandkids doing that and certainly things that you can do as a child or as an adult. Now, nothing that we've talked about today, nothing requires another degree or waiting time. But making an idea work might require a break in your thinking. If your thinking always goes to, how can I get a paycheck on Friday and be guaranteed that I'm going to get it? It doesn't lend itself to the kind of ideas that I've been talking about here. These require a different kind of model. But if you can break that fixed traditional mentality, then the sky is the limit and where you can go. And it also can provide you security through these unexpected ups and downs, through these unexpected changes. Now, I'm not saying that everybody needs to be an entrepreneur, not at all. I mean, we're going to have traditional jobs. I mean, those are going to come and go, and we've always seen cycles in those things, and we'll continue to do that. But if you really want to give yourself more security, then you have to, and this is not being paranoid or suspicious or negative or anything, but it's just realize, put yourself in a position where somebody can't fire you. That's all we're talking about. So again, the ideas that I was talking about there come out of 48 Days to the Work You Love. We also have a little book, Side Biz. Those are both free to members of the, of the Eagles community. Again, remember, if you want to look at changes. If you want to be connected in a community where there are, we've got about 900 people in there now. And I said, we'd open the door for 300 people. That's it. Again, don't take a spot if you are just going to wait this out and then go back to your traditional job. But these are for people who say, I want to take action on that idea I've had. I want to know what other people are doing that are taking action, these creative ideas like I've just gone through here. Again, if you're interested in that, jump in there. I know those spots will fill up quickly. And again, we don't want to make this a scarcity thing artificially at all, but we just thought our capacity to really help new people would be appropriately provided with 300 new people coming in. So go to 48days.com slash hope. You can sign up easily. Not a lot of questions screening there. You just be honest about you being a fit for the community. You'll find out real quickly when you get in there and we'll put in motion getting you those resources along with a book from me with a signed um, encouraging note from me as well. We'll get those out really promptly. So how do you move from, let's just kind of wrap up here. How do you move from anticipation to a changed life, a new success? Again, that process that I 
lined out seven steps, imagination, dreaming, anticipation, goal setting, creating a timeline and a plan of action. Yeah, these are challenging times. No question about it. And yes, I do recommend that you carefully protect yourself. We're talking a lot about isolation right now. Wow, I don't want to start unpacking that. I think there are some dangers in isolation. We've talked about technology the last few years, how it isolates us. And then we were really having a pendulum swing to how can we stay connected? Even recently here in Nashville with the tornadoes, we saw an outpouring of love and support, compassion, people coming out, helping each other. We don't want that to stop. And I don't think those things are going to stop for a long period of time at all. But you know, protect yourself. And here's some recommendations that I've got. Stay away from people who are spreading fear. Stay away from those who are trying to damage your dream. Don't spend time with complainers and those pointing blame. Protect your confidence and optimism. And then be creative about seeing opportunities, as always, right during this time. Now, don't see this as dead in the water. See this as an unexpected change that's going to stimulate new thinking that you may not have otherwise had. And it's going to open up new doors of opportunity for you. That's where we want your thinking to go. Well, thanks for being spending this time here. Keep submitting those questions. Shoot those in to askdan at 48days.com. And as always, thanks for being part of this growing community where we are full of optimism and hope, no matter what's happening out there. And we know, without any shadow of a doubt, we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Thank you.